0: No purchase necessary, voidwork prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Theatre Phonic presents Tales from the Edge. Feet. Written by Carolyn S. Jones. Bayada. Bayada. Bayada Bayana.
1: I used to take pleasure in the comfort I gave. Well, I still do in a way, but it changes. becomes something you do out of habit, while your heart is elsewhere. It was the transformation I used to enjoy. Patience hobbling into the room, Bunions sprouting. I'd talk to them without lifting my eyes from their feet. And they tell me things, really confide in me. It can happen sometimes, can't it? When you're not looking at someone directly. They tell you things that you wouldn't normally say to a stranger. And I'd listen, really listen. That was my talent. But sometimes I'd find my thoughts flitting away. Like they are now. You've worked your magic again, they'd say, as I sliced through a corn or removed a hard layer of skin from a heel. We've got a spring in our step when we leave you. I liked the feeling I was working magic, and with such unlikely instruments, too. Files and tweezers, the special scissors which cut through the thickest of nails, a little scalpel for the really tough skin. In the early days, the nail clippings went everywhere. I nearly took out an eye. Ooh, they said, careful! That was when I was learning my trade. Later, the oohs and ah's all stemmed from pleasure. They were almost erotic, when I think of it now. She's got a real way with her, I'd hear them murmur. It gave me a thrill to know that they thought that I was special. I'd been at rather a low ebb. When it first struck me, I might be suited to feet. It wasn't my first choice, of course. It seems my predecessor had drawn blood. Mrs. Dayath was her name. Makes her sound like a vampire, doesn't it? They told me about the gauze pads they'd had to wear as they limped from the room. I lapped it all up. Needy, that's me. They were well shot, they'd say. I'd glow at the praise. Sad, really. But yes, need is the word. Only, I wasn't needy before. But where I think I really excelled, where I pride myself, is the way I dealt with the man in the overcoat that was tied up with string. The overcoat, not the man, though he might have needed tying up with string too, just to keep him together. Poor Eric, his socks were in holes when he took off his shoes. His shoes had holes in them too but the smell. There was no getting away from the smell. Honestly, it had a life of its own. Rosemary, my assistant, would roll her eyes and say we should ask him to come back when things were... Things never will be, I said. Gently, I'd bathe his feet in warm water and vinegar. He enjoyed the attention sighing as I massaged his toe. Rosemary frowned, as if to imply I was going too far. She's rather judgmental of people. For me, it's all part of the service. Eric had a spring in his step when he left. You know, the thing that worries me these days, I don't know if you've ever felt it, It's that nothing quite registers. Everything's at a distance. But no, I'm fond of Eric. He might have been someone. Why should we judge a book by its cover, as my dad used to say? I think I was judged by my cover. And it wasn't the right cover. That's the thing. She was talking to someone at the time and pointing me out. Rather ordinary was a short neck,' she told them. Of course, she meant me to hear. I'm sure of that now. I don't think my neck was too long, to be honest. But I began to massage it every morning, hoping it might grow. I thought of those pictures of Alice... You know the ones, after she'd eaten the mushroom and her neck grew so long she could look out over the trees. Obviously, I wasn't aiming for that. But I felt a connection. Alice wasn't at ease with herself at that point in the story, was she? She didn't know who she was, always growing and shrinking. Rather like me. I can't quite pinpoint the moment when the feet of my patients became, well, just feet with toes attached to them, really. And the work turned into a penance I started to dread. As time went on, my back seemed to give way. I bought one of those expensive newfangled chairs with a footrest that lifts right up to save too much bending. Nothing worked. I was always being pummeled by chiropractors who'd want me to go to the gym. Oh God, I hate gyms. TV screens pumping out awful music as you pound the exercise bike. There came a point, perhaps it comes in every career, when I felt I'd seen everything including toes so misshapen that they seemed to belong to an alien race but I still chipped and filed at the nails as if I could change them I did wonder in an idle moment how many toes I'd attended to over the years and how long I could go on I kept having this nightmare. Feet marching towards me, down a long tunnel without any end. I'd wake in a panic, my heart pumping. You have no idea how many bones there are in a foot. I'd taken pleasure seeing the x-rays when I was training. Now I began to fret at how many things could go wrong. Then one morning, right at the end of my clinic, the woman arrived. She sat in a corner, hands folded, head bowed, fur collar pulled up. There was a buzz in the waiting room, an expectation, as if a special person had come amongst them. She looked out of place. I wish Eric had been there. I would have felt a little frisson if Eric had plonked himself down beside her and But it wasn't his day. Of course, I knew her immediately when she limped in. Her back was painfully hunched, though. Oh far worse than mine. Her cheekbones were still high, her eyes hooded, but her forehead was now an sketch of deep lines. After I'd brought her into my room, I helped her into the chair and pressed the button to lift up the footrest. She sat there, marooned, and looking suddenly small. It was her turn to shrink. My heart was thumping so hard, I thought she might hear. Because I was remembering the dream I'd once had of being a dancer and how I'd stood at the bar in the long room with the mirrors, the sunshine falling onto the oiled wood of the floor, while I was flexing and pointing my feet, flexing and pointing hour after hour, until my toes bled into my white satin shoes. No gain without pain, Madame Malakova would call. She'd single me out for her special attention. Marching over, baton in hand. It was as if my veins filled with cement. Knowing what was to come, I saw her face in the mirror. My mouth dry with fear, and her words would go round in my head. Rather ordinary, with a short neck. And then, in that terrible voice of hers, she would shriek, Did you hear me, Cassandra? Again? In the end, of course, I knew it wasn't to be. My toes are still knotted from the experience, and my joints are inflamed whenever the weather turns cold. But at least... With the careful attention I've given my patients over the years, they walk out with a spring in their step. Magic, they say. But the years hadn't been kind to Madame Malikova, nor it seems to her feet. I bowed my head over them, afraid she might see the look in my eyes. Then... I picked up the tiny scalpel that I used to slice through a bunion and I looked at her directly for the very first time. This might hurt just a little, I said.
0: You have been listening to Tales from the Edge – Feet Written by Carolyn S. Jones Starring Sally Hyde Lomax as Cassie Produced by Cat on a Piano Productions The Tales from the Edge theme tune was composed and performed by Francis Macmillan For a full list of the music used in the episode – please see the show notes. The Theatrephonic theme tune was composed by Jackson Pentland, performed by Jackson Pentland, Molly Fife taylor and Emmeline Brayfield. For more information about the Theatrephonic podcast, go to theatrophonic.com, tweet or Instagram us at theatraphonic, or visit our Facebook page. If you enjoy Theatrephonic and would like to get more content, please consider becoming a patron by going to patreon.com forward slash Theatophonic Please don't forget to rate and review Thank you for listening